Today, on the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. You know, before coming into this, I I would think that you just analyze startups based on their financials, but it's so much more than that. I think that's like the really fun part of VC is that it's a very holistic picture. We get an inside look at the Pioneer Venture Group, a venture capital firm managed entirely by DU students. PPG does a really good job of bringing the students and incorporating them in the startup and the venture capital space in Denver. It is a small pond here, but although it's a small pond, it's really vibrant and there's a lot going on. The Pioneer Venture Group, or PVG, launched in the fall of 2019. By accepting donations matched by the Burwell family, the firm provides seed funding for emerging startups in the Rocky Mountain region. With a wide range of students across DU's campus, including business, law, computer science, and engineering, PVG offers valuable opportunities for those looking for internships and hands-on experience, investing, problem solving, and developing professional relationships. We sat down with Hannah Nia and Luke Lapatowski, current members of PVG, to learn how the firm has impacted their time at DU and how it's changed their career trajectories. I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Today, we have Hannah Nia, who is a managing partner of the Pioneer Venture Group. She's an MBA candidate. She's expected to graduate this June 2023. We also have Luke Lapatowski. He is a lead partner of the Pioneer Venture Group, and he is a finance major, French and economics minor, also expected to graduate this June 2023. Hannah, Luke, thanks so much for coming to the studio. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. I want to start out by asking how you first heard about the group and what prompted your decision to sign up and join the group. So I first heard about the group from one of my friends, Ming, who I believe has been in the group since his freshman year. So we we're just chit and chatting because we're both finance majors and we're both kind of, you know, what we want, know what we want to do down the path. So we we're just chit chatting about, you know, finance, internships and whatnot. And he told me about Pioneer Venture Group. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Like, how do you join? What do they do? And he said it's pretty much a venture capital, you know, firm that's run and managed by students and you invest real money into like startups. And I was like, wow, that's like sounds like a great opportunity. That sounds really hands-on. And I'm a really hands-on person, so I like to learn hands-on. I feel like that's the best educational opportunity for me. So after, you know, talking to Ming about it, I did as much as I can to try to get in the door. And then thankfully they were like, um, they were doing applications like right around the corner. So I applied and I got in. So it was pretty nice. Yeah. And I knew nothing about venture capital um, when I started my MBA program in the fall of 2021. Um, and it, it was just two students that were in the cohort above me that were talking about um, applications going out, like in some of the first weeks of school. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. What What is there to lose? And I didn't really know that it was like an organized process where you have to apply to get in. And um, my big draw to it though, and when I started to learn more about venture capital is I actually came to business school because I thought I wanted to start my own company. Uh, then I kind of recognized all that it takes to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that right now in my life. Um, but the great part about PBG is that you are meeting founders and working with them and it's just like you're in this innovative and creative space. And that's exactly what I wanted to, to do as a, as a entrepreneur and a founder. So I'm like working with entrepreneurship, but just in a different form, um, on the funding side, which is pretty fun. 
Do you feel like you've gotten some pretty good takeaways as an entrepreneur now that you've seen how investors think about investing? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think through PBG, we kind of see like good and bad practices for sure and what successful startups look like and what they don't. And I mean, I'm very novice in that. I think in this, I think um, startups take, you know, the ones that we think are successful, they, they might totally flop and the ones that have almost flopped might turn out to be successful. What are some of those um, good and bad practices? And for both of you, what do you look at when you're hearing a pitch from a new startup? What's a red flag? What's a green flag? Something that if an entrepreneur is listening to this now and getting ready to go into these kind of venture capital meetings, pieces of advice they could think about. Yeah. So some of the red flags that we see and that we don't really like in the startups we invest in is a small team. We really like to see, you know, firms that have a good, decent sized team. So, you know, at least more than four people, probably. I know we've had a couple of people come in and pitch and they've been like one or two person shows. And we're like, you know, we can't really invest in that. It's too risky. If one of you get like sick or, you know, something happens, you lose interest, you want to step away from the business. You know, we have a big liability there. So we kind of like to look at um, practices that have a lot of people. We also look at like to look at scalability, size, you know, maybe the... Um, the run to profitability, like, is that going to be in the near term? Or is that going to be far ter- far off? So, like, you know, when are we going to be able to recoup our investment? That's really what we look at. Because ultimately what we like to do is, you know, we like to make profitable investments so we can keep the fund running and that we can have this for, you know, the next student classes after us. So that's our main goal. Yeah, and I would say, you know, before coming into this, I, I would think that you just analyze startups based on their financials. But it's so much more than that. And I think that's, like, the really fun part of VC is that it's a very holistic picture. So as Luke mentioned, you look at their team. Does the team, are they qualified? Do they have the experience? Um, Who's on their advisory board? Um, You look at, you know, is their product or service actually solving a problem or have they just sort of repackaged, you know, like a previous um, technology or service? Um, Other things that we look at are um, acquisitions in the space. Um, So is it like HR tech, for example, and have there been successful acquisitions in that space? A red flag would be, this is a very specific detail, if the company doesn't plan to exit or IPO, and that just means that they would want to like run this family business forever. And in the startup, um, or sorry, in the VC space, we're looking for like um, hockey stick growth and, and, you know, to get, to get a high return. Um, And so if a company says like, oh, I plan on working here for the rest of you know our time or whatever it's like oh no we want to know their exit strategy can you define what um hockey stick growth is yeah it means that um this like it just it, it's like it booms and so um if we think of um a unicorn i think unicorn startups are defined as being valued at one billion dollars you think of um lyft or uber or um sort of like these startups that start as startups and then they just blow up Um, and that's sort of the growth. I'd love to hear just how, on a practical level, how often the group meets, how many students make up the group, grad versus undergrad, and what an average meeting looks like when you meet. Yeah, I'll take um, sort of our member base. So we're roughly 20 members. Um, One of, like, the beauties of this year and what's different is that we have um, a lot of undergrad representation. We have um, a high amount of... um, law students as well. And law students are really key in our due diligence process because they help evaluate patents and sort of like legal things that business students don't really know how to do. Um, we had a PhD student 
in the fall. Um, so definitely diverse students that come with diverse interests. Yeah, so at the beginning of the question, you asked how often we meet. We meet once a week, and we all try to get together. If you can't make it, you know, it's not a huge deal, but we do try to encourage everyone to participate and everyone to get in so that we can hear everyone's feedback. And usually a typical meeting is there's no, there's honestly no typical meeting. We'll either have a pitch or we'll discuss ideas. We have different um, lead partners that, you know, they lead their own partner or they lead their own practice almost like the professional development or the due diligence. So they'll give us updates about what's going on. And what I really take away and probably one of my favorite experiences of being an undergrad is being able to gain the expertise and the knowledge of like the MBA students because a lot of them have or a lot of them are doing their professional MBAs and like they have industry experience so a lot of them like really know what they're doing and they're really driven and it's really nice to see that because you don't really get that taste with undergrad students right a lot of us haven't really worked in an industry for a certain number of years because we're like usually right out of high school so it's a really good mix and we have a lot of experience and that's probably definitely highlight yeah, it sounds like the collaborative nature of the group and having, yeah, like you said, the diverse mix of backgrounds all providing their own expertise to these decisions has been really valuable. Um, what's the value of PVG itself when you think about what you'll take away from the group when you move on to um, graduation and your career path? And if you had a friend that was still a student at DU that you were trying to convince to join the group, how would you pitch it to them? How would you define the value that they'll get from the group? So... Um, in Colorado, like the VC environment is pretty, like, it's kind of a small pond. And again, I'm no expert, but what I mean to say is when you go to different events, you see the same people and they call like, um, VC environments or areas ecosystems. That's like a buzzword in VC. Anyway, so the Denver ecosystem, pretty small. So I think the value of, you know, being a part of PVG is you get access to these events and you can meet professionals in the VC ecosystem in Denver. What I've heard is that Denver, well, Denver's one of top 10 cities for VC in the US. And if you go to like coastal cities, it can be like a little more competitive. So I think it's a unique opportunity when you join PVG that you have access to these events and then you can get plugged into the community if you do want to work in VC. There are a handful of funds in, in Denver and in Boulder. Um, and so, um, I'm interning at a fund. Well, I just wrapped up my internship, the new community transformation fund. The other managing partner, Peyton, is at uh, Ensemble Ventures. We have two first-year um, candidates in our group, and they are doing an internship with Techstars, which is out of Boulder, which is an accelerator. All that to say, we all got these opportunities being a part of PVG. Yeah, so PVG does a really good job of bringing the students and you know, incorporating them in the startup and the venture capital space in Denver. And Hannah touched on that. It is a small pond here, but although it's a small pond, it's really vibrant and there's a lot going on. And before I joined the group, I didn't really know anything, you know, about the venture capital scene in Denver. So that was something that I really liked and really took away. From being in Pioneer Venture Group, I've been able to go to two events. I went to Denver Startup Week this year. And then I also went to a founders brunch, which was a lot of fun, where, you know, venture capital founders were pitching their ideas and we got free food. That's, you know, that's always a plus. And then I got a network with founders, which I thought was a blast. So definitely a cool experience. I would not have had that opportunity if I didn't join PBG. Yeah, it definitely seems like a great pipeline for getting involved with Denver's entrepreneurial community, which, you know, as we all know, is growing really quickly. And um, it's very cool that through the through the lens of venture capital, you get to engage with new startups and with VCs in the in the community through events like Denver Startup Week. Um, and then did you want to also touch on the the value businesses can derive yeah, from PBG? Yeah, so this is actually part of our due diligence process or 
we really want to know why companies are interested in pitching to PBG. And so a little bit of context, our check size, we write checks um, ten to $25,000. For context on that, that's like a drop in the bucket. A lot of our founders are are raising like multi-million dollar rounds. Yeah. Or it could be 500000 up to a few million. And so all that to say, if we're writing a check size of 25000 to help them get there, it's it's minimal. So we really ask the startups, um, like, what value can we bring to you? Because it's not just going to be about money. And I mean, founders are so excited to be a part of like university, like, you know, networks to have that connection to access our talent pool of students just graduating and then also um, professors in the network too for expertise on that. So there hasn't been a founder that has declined coming to pitch to us just because of our check size. Like they're excited to to pitch and meet us. Yeah. That's something I never thought about in terms of VC is the not just the monetary value, but also the relationship value from being Absolutely. connected to an institution like University of Denver. Absolutely. Yeah, and when we write smaller check size, we kind of, you know, focus on that relationship value because that's really our big driver. You know, Hannah talked about, you know, we write smaller checks. So that's not really our main focus. Our main focus is the relationship. How can we help them? How can they help us? So we want it to be a really symbiotic relationship. Definitely. And then one of our guest speakers, Julie Markham, she is a, a DU alum and was also part of PBG, and she works at Deloitte now. She had this great quote. I'm sure it wasn't hers, but I'll quote her on this. It, she said, your net worth is um, equal to your network. And I know founders are always, you know, happy to network and meet people that could help them in the long run. Yeah, and we had an advisory board meeting a couple of weeks ago. And one of our advisors there I was talking to, uh, Greg Barnett, you know, he was talking about, how many people he knows, and he's like, I probably have over 23,000 contacts on my phone, you know, and that's really how I've been able to, you know, jumpstart my family fund is just the people I know. And the people you know, there really comes full circle, you know, when you help them out, they can come back and help you out. And that's just, I think that was the main takeaway from speaking with him. It was really impactful. I want to go off that and ask about the relationship with the faculty advisors, because I know it's student-run and student-managed. How does the dynamic with the advisors work? How often are they coming in and overseeing what you're doing? What does that dynamic look like between the students and the advisors? So we have a bunch of academic advisors, which are pretty much just faculty members. Our main advisor is Chris Hewen, and he's like a professional. He has a CFA, so he's really well-versed, really knowledgeable. Shout out to Chris. This <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah, he's really knowledgeable in the space. So he sits in on all of our meetings, and he listens to our pitches, and he tries to urge us in the right direction. So, you know, if we're if we just listen to a pitch and we're like discussing, you know, if we think we should invest or if we think we should move into due diligence and Chris thinks we're moving in the wrong direction, he'll probably pop up a question like, do you, what do you guys think about X? You know, and they're like, oh, you know, we didn't really think about that. Thanks for bringing that up. Maybe we'll shy away or maybe we want to look more into it. So he really offers like a lot of knowledge and expertise. And he's really just kind of, a, you say, frog on the pond there. You know, he's kind of just sitting, watching, waiting for something to happen and show his knowledge. And he really lets us, you know take the reins. So it's really nice in that aspect. And yeah. Yeah. So Chris is our official advisor. He comes to every meeting and then, um, Joshua Ross has been, um, joining our meetings starting in winter quarter. And, um, there's definitely been a presence of DU entrepreneurship as well. Thinking about your own career paths and your own skill sets. Um, what do you think, cause you mentioned you didn't know anything about venture capital before joining, and um, I don't know if you mentioned what you knew beforehand, but I did not know very much about venture capital before I started. Okay, so this is this is entirely new new territory for you both when you joined. Um, what 
do you think you've learned that you'll take into your personal career paths as you graduate and move on to the next step? You know, one thing I definitely learned is to be confident in every situation you're in. Because earlier I talked about going to one of the founders brunch and I was a little nervous going into that because I looked at it as like, oh, I'm just a college student and I'm here with a bunch of, you know, successful founders who have started their own businesses. Like they're not going to want to talk to me, which which wasn't true at all. You know, that was kind of just the anxiety I had going into it. But that was definitely a main thing. A lot of people, they don't really, you know, care about maybe your experience or your knowledge. They just care that you're trying to learn and that you're trying to gain the experience. So that was definitely a huge takeaway. And, you know, the other takeaways I've left or I've had is, you know, learning about venture capital. You know, I said coming into the group, I didn't know much. And being in the group, they do a good job of teaching. Our managing partners like Hannah, you know, they do a really good job on the educational aspect. So everyone, you know, a lot of us have questions because they don't really touch on venture capital and like the undergrad degree. So they encourage us to ask questions and they're really helpful filling in what we don't know. So that's been great. Yeah, I would say like um, kind of going back on what I said of VCs all about um, like holistic decision making. And so I think just taking that um, forward with me and just in – sort of a corporate or startup sense, I guess. The decisions are not just about the financials. VC is an art and a science Mm -hmm. and luck and risk and (laughs) all that. Which is one of the reasons why I guess the hands-on learning is the best form. Like just taking a class on the concept of VC won't tell you nearly as much as being someone on a board making those decisions. Is there a, a recent investment or pitch? And I'm sure there's some confidentiality involved with all that, but... When you look back on your time with PVG, has there been a specific session or specific meeting or specific startup you've invested in that that will stick with you that you'll remember? I would say for me, it was definitely my first meeting. And I think my first meeting was probably most impactful because I think we had a pitch that day. So I came in knowing absolutely nothing. And then they throw me like right in the deep end. So I really enjoy that process, you know, being thrown in. You know, I get to catch up on my own. And if I have any questions, ask them. I think that's probably one of the better learning opportunities and better learning experiences. So I really like that. I am thinking, so kind of the first part of your question was about like a pitch and um, nothing's confidential. Um, Well, there are some things, but um, we saw a pitch recently and there's many things that I'm going to look back fondly on PBG, um, but um, we saw this pitch and they're called Datability. So it's a dating app for um, people with physical or internal disabilities. And the sisters are from Telluride. They were the founders, and they had a really crisp, concise pitch. Um, and I just loved the sort of like equity mission that was a part of their their business idea. And I do think it's going to be successful. Um, and we are in due diligence with them right now. So I was like very moved and inspired by that pitch. Yeah, I know from some of the, the research and um, I wrote an article on PVG a while back, we explored the, the purpose-driven nature of a lot of the startups you see. And I think that's another, um, it's another great thing that you don't always see with VCs and looking at not just the numbers, but like you're talking about the holistic approach. I think that's really fantastic and, um, and really, and pretty unique in the VC space from, from what I gather. Yeah. And, you know, tracking back to one of your questions earlier about what we look for, we really look for people, you know, who are mission driven. So with datability, we really enjoyed that, that they were so passionate about creating this product and helping these people out. So that was a big plus. When you consider your own personal background, um, you with your finance degree, you with your you know desire to start a business and the MBA, um, what do you think you've brought to the table in the decision-making process um, and what specific um, aspects of, of these investing decisions do you think you've contributed to? I think, so 
coming in knowing nothing about VC, I really wanted to make it a point to have PVG be inclusive and educational, and there's, like, no such thing as a stupid question. Um, and so I I think that we've definitely been successful at that this year. You members feel comfortable to ask questions. We've had educational sessions um, by other members and by um, our faculty advisors. So I love that educational and inclusive aspect. Something that I, like, I come from a passionate social justice background, and I wanted to bring more equity into VC. And so currently the market of VC, most VC funds are run by older white men. So they're going to invest in their networks and their communities and people that look like them. I really wanted to come in and, um, Peter and I are the, the female representation managing partners, but like really flip the, the script on that and, um, invite, you know, founders from all backgrounds. And at Denver Startup Week, like Luke mentioned, um, a few of us sat in on the equity pitch competition. And so most of the founders were um, people of color. And so we actually did have um, a few of them um, come into pitch. So just sort of things like that, um, really being intentional about like the space we're creating for our members and that it's educational and inclusive, and then who we're inviting in to come and pitch. Yeah, I would say one of the things that I bring in, or I guess one of my expertise is definitely in like the micro sense, so like on the financial statements, because that's really what I'm learning about in classes. So it really helps, you know, translate well from my classes to PVG. So that's probably where I have the most impact. Outside of the pitch meetings, have there been retreats that the group has gone on together or team building exercises or things that um, just from like a social standpoint, how have y'all connected with each other, even if it's not officially group oriented? If happy hour counts as a retreat, <laughs> totally. a retreat I to the so. pio. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also do networking events with like other venture capital groups. I know that Boulder, that the lead school of business, yes. they have a good group. And we did like a happy hour with them where they brought their group down. We came up and then we just, you know, chit chatted about what's going on. And we try to do that. We try to network with individuals and groups in the community so that, you know, we can like keep a touch on what's going around and make sure, you know, we're attending all the events that we can. Yeah, that's the Deming Center or wait, Deming Center Venture Fund, DCVF, that is Boulder's Venture Fund. And it's been around like three times as long as we have, so they're pretty established, but they're they're a great group. That's also student-run and student-managed. Yeah. 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 I think that's great also considering you're all not just full-time venture capitalists, but also students with your own degrees and your own pursuits. And I would say that's like our biggest challenge, actually. I'm glad you said that. Um, so we're all full-time students. I don't know if anybody's part-time. So all that to say, like, PVG is an extracurricular, so it's not always going to be everyone's focus. So that can become challenging when we're trying to get a deal through or due diligence and we're asking people to do work on a diligence task when it's like, well, I have this big exam. So, like, it's like, oh, what are you going to pick? So sometimes it goes to the wayside. But we're doing, we're all doing the best we can. And honestly, at the end of the day, if we're learning and we're – enthusiastic about VC and, and no more after we leave. That's all that's important. Have there been other other challenging aspects of being part of the group? And, and what do you think you've gained from overcoming those challenges? I would say one of the challenging aspects of the group, you know, being a new member is trying to bring in pitches. Because when I first came into PVG, I didn't really have like the network of entrepreneurs or friends, you know, that were starting businesses or that were looking for funding. So like going out and trying to find entrepreneurs and startup 
companies that were in the startup phase looking for funding was definitely one of the bigger challenges. But I think I overcame that well, you know, trying to just network. And that goes back to the other thing I said earlier about being confident and just trying to do your best that you can. So uh, we ask all of our guests a couple rapid questions as we're wrapping up just to get a glimpse into your your personal views on entrepreneurship or just, you know, success in general. First question is, how do you define success? Are you talking about like in a business or a personal in setting? Life? However I think you, in life. you personally interpret it. Um, I view success as just being happy and enjoying what you're doing. Like ultimately, if you have a smile on your face, like that's the end goal. It's all you can ask for at the end of the day. I'm going to say um, treating friends and family and work-life balance. Those are good mantras to live by, I feel like. And then what is the best or worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? I'd say the best advice is just put yourself out there, you know, whether that be, you know, joining a club or going to like a founder's brunch, no matter what you do, it'll probably ultimately been, it will ultimately be up being a positive experience. And if it's a negative one, just don't do it again. Um, so this goes back to Julie Markham. So your net worth is equal to your network going further into that. Um, like build your own personal set of advisors and your own advisory board from mentors or professors or, you know, friends that have experience that you want. Um, and then I also think like, you know, be shameless on LinkedIn and, you know, reach out to people that are yeah. like doing things that you want to do. And maybe like they might be a part of your board of advisors. And then finally, from a VC perspective, what is one succinct piece of advice you'd give to an entrepreneur, to a founder going into a pitch? Be confident. I think honesty or like, I, I don't think that we've ever been lied to by founders, <laughs> but sometimes they like paint something a certain way. And then when we're doing due diligence, and we have access to their data room. It's like, we're going to see what you're really, we're going to see the other side of that. So just like, be honest and confident. <laughs> yeah, I would guess I would just say be confident and remember why you're there. I want to thank you both for coming into the studio. I, I feel like I've learned a lot about Pioneer Venture Group and both about you two as well. So I want to wish you the best of luck as you go into post-graduation and future career paths. And thank you so much for chatting with us today. Yeah, thank Thanks. you for having us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore entrepreneur, and on Facebook at Entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts.